At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. back third and final hour of the nightcap here on v sin the sports betting network he's holding up the tree. it's the final hour sean king former nfl quarterback i'm ben wilson filling in for tim murray but we are so pleased right now to be joined he's football royalty oh, thank you he's philip fulmer long time former head coach 1998 national champion with tennessee i know i had to mention that because you know, sean's still Sean's a little bit bring it up. Yep. he's still a little bit bitter <laughs> sean, sean how did you convince coach to uh, stop by the studio first off that's what i want to know well sometimes when you have really powerful well-known friends they have a lot of celebrities that, that hang around them it's my good friend rich jance okay is a member of uh, my cigar lounge yep. in fuego yep. and uh philip fomer is a good friend of his i think philip's in town al wilson is okay. getting inducted into the national football foundation hall of fame next Next Tuesday, Tuesday. so we Tuesday. we kind of came to Vegas a little You're bit, smart man. A little bit early. Here early. Yeah, we'll celebrate, set everything, make sure everything's good for Al when the boys get here, right? Now I want I want to give you know Phil some props here because I've met a lot of head coaches. Um, I judge coaches based on what their former players say about them because a lot of guys win games and then you talk to the former players and it's like ah. You know, a lot of guys maybe don't win championships, but their former players love them and. Coach Fulmer is one of the few guys that I know who had the success he had at, on the biggest stage, and I've never met a former player that has a bad word to say about Coach Fulmer. And I played with 
Cozy Coleman, Travis Stevens. I had Peerless Price, Jermaine Copeland, like Al Wilson. We had Ray Knock Thompson when yeah. I was in Arizona. Like I've had so many guys that were a part of his program. So I just want to say, man, that's a heck of a deal to have been Thank able you. to develop young men on the field, but also play a big enough role in their life off the field. Thank you, Sean. That makes me feel good. You know, and you never know what they're saying out, <laughs> right. out other other places, right? <laughs> but no, we had a we had a wonderful culture at Tennessee during that time. We're working at getting it back, you know. But we had a lot of good players, but we held them accountable, and they worked really hard to be special. And mm. uh, they came to Tennessee uh, to be special. We got it going, you know, and one thing led to another, and another play, good player and a good player, and it resulted in a lot of success and, and that success kind of bonds us together. Mm -hmm. This thing with Al is going to be so fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. So many of us players are going to be here yeah. you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and we're going to have just a great time. That's, Celebrate now. That's awesome. So when we look mm -hmm. at the college football atmosphere, stratosphere, environment as it currently stands, at this point in the season, what's been the biggest surprise for you, good or bad, based on what the perception was coming into the season? Well, I, I mean, I, I think you have the playoff for what it is, and that's to play to get the top four teams in place. I think we're about to really do that. You know, you guys make a living about midseason on projecting what's going to happen next, and a lot of times it does, sometimes it doesn't, you know. Um, you know, we could start arguing or discussing uh, Cincinnati, you know, do they really play the schedule that they deserve to be there or, or not? Or is Michigan, you know, good enough to have – they've played their way into it. But they, you know, they had a tough loss. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting to me. How, the, the Georgia is like us. They're undefeated, you know. So they don't have anybody. Right now. They, they got to somehow figure out a way to get Alabama tomorrow, yeah. which uh, they should do. But I like it. And I think it's right – whether it ends up eight or twelve, to give let's let's perpetuate this thing and see see where it can go. And a, a, a initial question for strength of schedule, because when you look at a non-power five school like Cincinnati, and these schedules are made generally what three, four, five years in advance, sometimes even more, they try to schedule a challenging non-conference schedule. It just so happened that they caught Indiana 2021 as opposed to. Indiana 2020, how much should the committee factor in strength of schedule when you really can't control, at least in that particular season, like sometimes how good a team that may have been good in the past happened to be that year? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing the committee or anything else. I just think that the process, regardless of, of how it plays itself out, you look at the schedule as it is, and if um, Georgia played it, what it would it be like if, Alabama played it. What would it be like? Oregon, or you know, what does it look like right. at the end? And uh, you know, they're 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 undefeated, so you can't with that side you can't argue with it. But if they had to do that every week, if they had to play a big game like the Southeastern Conference or maybe any of the other big conferences every week, you know, do they have the depth to do that? We'll see. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean. They they may end up being the national champions. Who knows? You know what's one of the most fascinating things about this season? I probably was alone in this opinion. I thought Clemson was a 9-3 and football team this year. I just thought they had some transition. They had a lot of turnover. Having been a college coach, I know sometimes the rankings don't always parlay into what you're actually getting from a talent standpoint. A lot of times you get five stars that aren't really five stars, and you'll have a yeah. three-star that's going to be a first-rounder. Yeah. 
the fascinating thing for me was Clemson has been in the college football playoff almost every year, and we've never heard the ACC and strength of schedule. Yet when Wake Forest was undefeated Great going point. into North Carolina, mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. was talking about <laughs> Wake Forest's strength of schedule. So sometimes does the school matter more than the actual opponent? Yeah, I think the history of the school probably does matter some. And, and you know, that conference has kind of watered itself down as it's, you know, enlarged itself and took some other, other people in. Uh, but, you know, back to Cincinnati, they haven't played any lesser schedule than Clemson. You right, know, right. To, to say the least. So, it, yeah. Your, I, point, your point's really good, though. Well, think about scheduling. I mean, you were, you were coach of Tennessee when Sean was at uh, Tulane. I don't think you guys ever squared off. What was what, what, what was behind that? You, Sean couldn't convince you to, to get the green wave. We up heard Sean was going to be there for a while. <laughs> ah, we there you go. Let's stay away from So here's guy. Tulane's claim to fame. All right. We are the reason that Boise State got to play Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl the following season. That's when they did mm-hmm. the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and, right. And I think that was Adrian Peterson in Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that that right. Boise State be, yep, team beat. Right. And so it's always a process. You know, just like now – you know, initially we didn't have a championship game. Then it became the BCS championship. Then it went to four, the college football playoffs. So I guess the next question is, as they expand from four teams, is there a right number in your opinion? Yeah, I think um, I think it's probably eight. You know, it could be 12 to give everybody an opportunity and some buys mm-hmm. in there. But I think it's probably the eight best teams, so, in my opinion. But that's all. That's all it is. Is retired coaches. <laughs> well, I mean, you can make the case right now. Like some of these games are de facto playoff games. They just aren't under the technical. Well, we umbrella. always we always said that in our in our conference. To to be honest with you, you know the 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 rivalry weekend at the end of the year and around the country that in itself is a yeah. playoff game. The championship games that they have now, we always felt like winning the SEC championship was. If we could do that, we had a great chance to win the national championship, and I'm sure. Everybody else has felt the same way. You're, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It does build up to those points anyway. Mm-hmm. It's going to end up uh, like professional football, I think, in the end with quads and everybody, you know. Regional, almost regional. Oh, yeah, yeah, regional play. And, yeah. and cost gets a little bit contained that way. And also, uh, as you look at the schedules for, for real, everybody's going to be playing tough people. Now, Coach Fomer has been the head coach at a big-time SEC program, also an athletic director. Yeah. at the University of Tennessee. So you understand a fan base's expectations when there's a new coaching hire. So now we have Brian Kelly at LSU. Lincoln Riley surprised everyone with the USC. Billy Napier got the Florida job, which not a lot of people are talking about. Right. But I think that's a tremendous job because it's in the east side of the SEC. So you don't necessarily have to go through murderer's row every year on that west side. But I guess my question is, Coach Fulmer, having been – in both positions, athletic director and head coach, what is the one thing you would advise these men as they transition into what are unbelievable expectations at all of these new destinations? Well, <laughs> this could be a long conversation, <laughs> but, you know, they got to have thick skin. There's going to be expectations. This day and age, you better be ready to move fast. You know, mm-hmm. make decisions and move yourself forward with the, with the transfer portals. And all that's going on, you can actually build a pretty good football team or at least fill in depth issues really quick. Take Florida for an example. Whatever struggles they've had, they can fix that with some culture 
and some good players at certain positions. You know, same same thing at LSU. LSU, look at the their results of their last game. You know how how well they played against Texas A and M. They're not a bad football team. They just needed culture, and maybe if some leadership in the locker room, some old, older guys at practice that you know this exa- as well as I do that pushes them right. when they need to be pushed and help the coach do his job. And um, like an Al Wilson did for us, you know, <laughs> was a great leader. Uh, and and those things can change fast. Uh, you say Murderer's Row in in the West of the SEC, it used to be the East. So I think that's going to go back and forth as well with the, with the influx of new coaches and teams. We have about one minute before we go to break, and we're going to get into who you think is going to win the championship right. games tomorrow. Yeah. But okay. my last question is, is the transfer portal a good thing for college football? I looked. I think there are 2,693 kids currently in the transfer portal. Is that a good thing no, for college I, football? I, I can't even imagine that that's a good thing. You know, I mean – we need to teach kids about finishing and working hard and fighting through adversity. You know, that's what college athletics for us, what we're there for about parenting. You know, now there's certainly circumstances that you could, you could argue that. But for a guy just to, hey, I'm not playing enough, I want to, get, I want to leave, or this coach left and I want to go play for him, uh, I think it just d- disrupts a lot, and, and I, they'll they'll change it back up sure. nearly eighty uh, percent from from what it was. You know what else is going to happen of that? that is is the high school kids are going to get screwed. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're going to be taking the top high school kids and a bunch of transfers. I want to get your closing thoughts on that. We sure. got to get your pick on the SEC title right. game, by the way. Yeah, we're going to sure. do that. Coach Philip Fulmer joining us uh, on set. We'll come back more of the nightcap when we return. You don't want to miss it. Georgia, the big game that's coming up next. We'll talk about it here on the nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now New York. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. We're back. It's the nightcap on a Friday night from downtown Las Vegas, a highlight of our show, getting to be joined by the college football 1998 national champion head coach, Philip Fulmer. The University of Tennessee. We've got Sean King, former NFL quarterback, in studio as well. Uh, I think the question everybody's minds, Coach Peyton Manning. He's got the Manning cast now. When are you going to be uh, invited? That's been like the it's been the the, the groundbreaking show oh, on TV. You got to hit that. up Peyton. Yeah, you'll be a great guest I, I on probably. That. Yeah, I'm, I don't. Maybe it's the professional thing. I'm not, you know, I don't know, but uh, maybe. Yeah, I'll talk to Peyton about that. Yeah, shoot him a text. Peyton's be coming through, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, Peyton and Eli, <laughs> that thing is pure gold. And that's something? Oh, man, it's unbelievable. Because <laughs> they're the perfect balance. Because yeah. Peyton has, like, this certain kind of humor, and Eli has another certain kind of humor, and it just works. Yeah. Like, it's really, really good television. It's real. That's my yeah. vote. Those guys I, are being real on the personality. I want to see you. I want to see Coach on. on I'll, that, I'll that would be great. Work on that. But, but speaking of the SEC, the game that we talk about everything, everyone talking about the Manning cast, but the, the game everyone will be watching tomorrow. Set Georgia, this up right. Set this up Georgia, right. Georgia, Al- I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Set this up right. Nick Saban is an underdog. Like, so give so all the statistics. I, that's, that's what we're about to do. Yeah. You can believe this. Nick Saban, for the first time in 92 games, is an underdog. The last time he was an underdog in an SEC champ, and I should say just any neutral site game, Tim Tebow was the starting quarterback at the University of Florida. It's been that long, 2009. He was a one-point road underdog at Georgia in 2015. Alabama won the game outright. As you see on your screen, Alabama a six-and-a-half-point underdog going down to Atlanta, taking on Georgia in the SEC title game. Is Georgia going to win this by seven or more? Coach, what do you think here? Gosh. You know, it depends on which offense shows up for Alabama, I think. You know, if, if it's the three and a half quarters that they played against uh, uh, Auburn, yes, they'll win it going away. But I, I think they're better than that. I think they have, a obviously, a tremendous culture at Alabama. Um, but clearly, if I had, if you're going to – John's going to put the pressure on me to pick. Uh, we figured you know, that. I, 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 I would say that Georgia's <laughs> the better team. But in this game, you don't, you know, you don't always the best team doesn't win. You know, we we played in it five times and and should have won at least two of the other. We won two and, and probably with a better team than two of the others. So you don't know. Here's what I'll say: I go back and I think Georgia is the best team in college football. But I also think, from an opposing quarterback perspective, they've caught a good schedule. They have not played. 
Heisman Trophy candidate caliber quarterbacks. They missed Ole Miss and Matt Corral. Um, Hunter Hooker ended up being really good at Tennessee, but Tennessee probably still a year or two away from being Tennessee able. Tennessee gave them three quarters of right. problems. And so they did. Exactly right. And the game that sticks out in my mind is the first half of Kentucky. It's 14-7 at the half. Will Levis went 32-42 in that game, two touchdowns. They were able to move the ball against that Georgia defense. And Bryce Young is an, a phenomenal player. When you add in, and this is his first year starting, I mean, he's done this behind what's probably Alabama's worst offensive line in, in a decade. And he's had to create, extend, you know, basically be Superman in a lot of games in order to create consistent offensive production. And the reason that I'm going to bet Alabama on the money line, Georgia still hasn't had to come through under duress. Even the Clemson game, Clemson was so bad on offense. Like, Kirby had to feel if we could just keep playing defense, seven might win it. And ultimately, you know, it was, was a 10-3 game or something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I've seen Alabama fourth quarter against LSU, fourth quarter against Auburn. Even offensively against Texas A&M late in that game, Bryce Young and that crew come through when it mattered the most. I think that experience and pressure-packed games in the yeah. fourth quarter is an advantage because I think this game gets to the fourth quarter. If 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 Georgia cannot disrupt Alabama, if Alabama can get the ball out of his hands and run the ball a little bit, uh, they can make a darn good game out of it. Because your points are exactly right. They haven't faced maybe a football team exactly like Alabama can be. Mm-hmm. Now, Alabama hasn't been very consistent either. Right. You exactly. Know, but yeah. so that but the, you better bet your britches they've been looking forward to this <laughs> game. Both teams. Have. And Stetson Bennett, I great story. You know, a guy that walked on at Georgia initially had to leave, I think, for one year to go to a JUCO, came back. JT Daniels transfers in. Remember, they had the kid from Wake Forest last year that transferred in during the COVID, and he's the one that's left standing, but I haven't seen Stetson. When it's the fourth quarter, they're down three. It's third and six. They're bringing field pressure. I hadn't seen him stand in and make that throw yet, so I'm banking on the guy that I've seen do it in Bryce Young. I'm taking Alabama. On yeah. the money line. Wow. Look at Sean. You, you figured. With the points, coming. right? No, I'm going. He's I'm going, going to win out. Oh. Right. He's going all <laughs> out. I'm going He's to win out, right, Coach. <laughs> Look, everybody always wants to talk, you know, quarterbacks who will be clutched down the stretch. You'll appreciate this, Coach. But when it comes to the handicap, I think, to me, a lot of times, offensive line and defensive line play is so important when you're trying to handicap these big games. And you as a former O-lineman yourself, that was where you got your start at Tennessee as the O-line coach. When I watch Alabama, and having seen them in person in the past, Going down to Brian Denny and watching those games, the thing that always stood out to me was how dominant their their front four on both sides of the ball and on the O-line and front four defensively were. And by the fourth quarter, I mean, the other team was completely out of gas and they would just, you know, you could see them run, run you off the ball. I think to me, that's the biggest part to handicap. When you watch Alabama's offensive line, like last week against Auburn, I mean, they were getting blown off the ball for three and a half quarters. Bryce Young didn't, I mean, you could have put, Sean, you could have been back there a quarter. Yeah, you had no chance about, to about that part. get the ball out. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, they were the O-line really, really struggled. So, I guess that's a big question. Do you, do you trust Alabama's O-line? It's something no. that's normally been a strength of theirs, but it has really struggled here in recent weeks. No, they, they did it when they had to down the, down the stretch yeah. there. But, no, Georgia is clearly better in both fronts. Mm-hmm. I don't know, so, it gets back again to a little bit of what Sean said. How, how, how does a quarterback play? And how do, the, how do they call the game? If they, let, if they want him to stand back there and – and go three seconds every time. He's going to get hammered, mm-hmm. you know, because they'll get to him. But if he can get the ball out of his hands, let those guys outside make plays, Alabama's got a chance. 
And, and there are two players on the opposite side of the ball that I want our listeners and viewers to make sure that they follow, and it's the nose tackle from Georgia, Jordan Davis. Best player in football. He is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, a guy that big, that athletic, I mean, don't, you don't develop those, you find those, and you just hope you find one every yeah, six, keep, seven years. Keep them healthy in practice. That's right. And Will Anderson, the linebacker from Alabama, Very, yeah. is an Very unbelievable stuff. player. But, again, these games come down to the quarterback, the guy that can stay calm when it's chaotic. Football is chaos, especially at the quarterback position. Right tackle gives up pressure. Can yep. I stand in the pocket and hit the guy in the flat in a position where he can run after the catch? Third down, they give me some kind of internal pressure, but I've got a dig rock coming behind it. Can I just have the composure to stand there and deliver the ball accurately so we can pick up a first down? These type of games come down to which quarterback can do that consistently. I'm going with Bryce Young. Alabama-Georgia, not the only game on the slate tomorrow. Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Dream yep. job. Goes back to his alma mater. What more could you ask for? It actually turned into a nightmare at points, I'm sure. Couldn't beat Michigan State. Couldn't, Couldn't beat enough, right? Ohio yeah. State, right? No matter what. Nine mm-hmm. games, ten games, you didn't beat the two teams that we wanted. Some kind of way they lost the Michigan State game in the fourth quarter, but they finally found a way to beat Ohio State. Is this a letdown spot for Michigan against the Iowa team that's getting 11 points, that emotionally, no matter what you say, these are still humans. They're not going to be at that fever pitch they were for Ohio State. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think Michigan is clearly a really good team, a really good running team, which allows them to control the game, control the time on the clock. They've shown now that they can throw the football as well. I think they have just almost matured at the exact right time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Iowa I can – Hold with them okay. as much as I like parents and mm-hmm. some of the people on their staff and <laughs> yeah. stuff. I don't. I just don't think so. Laying uh, ten and a half uh, or or eleven. Last question I have for you, Coach. You mentioned you never you never got to coach against Sean King when he was a player. Real real sh- at least at at Tulane. Real shame. There is one guy though on our one of our hosts here at Veasan you did coach against, uh, Mike Pritchard, who is uh, one of our colleagues was mm-hmm. a standout wide receiver at Colorado. He's in town. He'll be at the the College Football uh, Hall of Fame. He was over at the at the Pac-12 title game tonight. You were. I'm taking you way back, all right? You were you an are OC. going way back. OC, you were the OC at that point. <laughs> 1990 season opener, neutral site game against Colorado. What do you, what do you remember? About I that remember game? that was – they won the national championship that year. They did. It's, it's, and the game that you coached we, ended we in a tie. We were 11 and 1. I think that was our – maybe our loss. I something and it, the game ended in a tie. Uh, some, it went it into in a tie, and we, if our running back had just run out of bounds a second <laughs> earlier – Rather than trying to get three or four more yards, you know, we'd at least had a chance to kick at a field goal. That was two great teams going at each other. Next time I see Lemony, Mike, I'm going to make sure. The Lemony, I think, right? Is that, was yeah, that, yep, Eric Bieniemy was Bien-Ami. the Boy, standout what, for, for the What Bucks. a good good team they were, and we, we had a good team. So my pick coach is Cincinnati. Makes it to the college football playoff. I think the bowl game last year where they lost to Georgia 24-21 gives them the confidence. I'm picking Cincinnati in an upset in the national championship game. Wow. Over Georgia. Wow. Let's go Luke Fickle, baby. <laughs> Coach Phil Fulmer, hey, really appreciate you taking the time. Absolute pleasure to have you uh, have you on the desk. Next time I see Mike Pritchard, I'm going to tell him about that. He's yeah, he's a great player. He should have just gone out of bounds. Running back. Would have given Coach. <laughs> Good to see you. Hey, Thanks great for to see you. Me. Thanks for stopping oh, by. For to come back. More coming your way. Some NFL talk on the nightcap next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
The VEASAN holiday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 mid-season football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season. Plus, $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry. This is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vcin.com slash subscribe. We are back on the nightcap, vcin, the sports betting network. Thanks again, Philip Fulmer, for taking a few minutes out of his, uh, you know, here in Vegas. He's the great, he's a great yeah, former uh, national champion head coach for joining us. Been a great show so far. Back with Sean King, I'm Ben Wilson, as it is time to talk. Ready for this? A little Circa Millions. Yeah. Trying to find the card. I'm, I'm filling in, so I, I, have, I have big shoes to fill, mostly literally. I don't know about figuratively. Well, we've been, you've we've been, been diminishing, yeah, you've we've, been diminishing Tim's success this year. But we got to come up with five plays, you and I, Sean, in the next uh, 25 minutes or so. We do. Now, I'm going to – so you've already you – So love, this is how this normally works. Okay. You, you get to pick one, and either I agree with it and we keep it, or I give you a counter-argument, and we put it on the shelf, or we put it in the trash. Okay. Well, And then it comes to me, and then back to you. Okay, gotcha. And then we get to five that way. We get to – all right. So this is really a team effort. I like how it is a team effort. Yes. Now we're going to show you the millions, the lines here that are coming out. I think where we have to start, though, we need to mention first, there are really two lines, and actually, well, one that you, you like, uh, the Raiders, so I won't mention that. But the one line, you see it there, bottom right, Dolphins-Giants. This is the one stale line of the week that I have to think, Sean, is going to be in the consensus when that is released tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock Pacific time, because the Miami Dolphins, who are laying four in this contest, looking down at my odd screen, they are now as high Sean, behind us is six-and-a-half-point favorites, yeah. partially because Daniel Jones, a quarterback for the New York Giants, ruled out. Mike Glennon will be starting. As of yesterday morning, there was still some uncertainty because he, he was originally ruled out. Then he practiced, so the line held at four. Look, on the surface, I, I really don't have that much confidence wanting to back a Miami team that I'm still not truly believing in. However, you know, it's funny. The fact that the Giants actually looked great last week in a huge divisional spot, chance to knock off a rival in the Eagles at home, the fact that they won that game, a team that has been so inconsistent this year, that actually does make me like Miami more, that the Giants are coming off a win in the division, emotional game where they retired Michael Strahan's number and won that game. Now you have Mike Glennon on the road, a guy who appeared in one game this year, came in on, in relief of Daniel Jones in that loss to the Cowboys, looked about as well as you would expect. Uh, it, was, it was ugly, and the Cowboys uh, blitzed Dallas the rest of that, or blitzed the Giants the rest of that game, won outright pretty easily, 44-20, to 20, I believe was the final score. At six, it's not like I could really warrant a play on Miami. That's just too high for me. But, again, you're, this is probably going to close seven based on the way the line is trending, Sean. At four, you at least have to consider this in a circa millions play. The only question is when it comes to game theory. Now, I mean, we're not really talking about this from a full contest standings perspective, but you got to think about that depending on where you're at in the contest. At the very least, you got to consider this play because well, of, of I the like line. Miami minus the six. Let's go ahead and make yeah, that I, one well, of the plays. I didn't even have to talk you into it. Well, here's why. Miami's won four games in a row. In each contest, they won by more than six points. So now you're getting a Giants team. And, you know, when you make the transition from Daniel Jones to Mike Glennon, the first thing that pops in my mind is mobility. Daniel is a really good athlete for the quarterback position. You know, that offensive line for the Giants is nowhere near elite. So you go from a guy that can move around and maybe create some plays with his legs to a guy that's pretty much going to be in the same spot for the majority of the game. And I think that plays into the hands of the Brian Flores defense. They're playing better, you know, and they're covering these numbers. You know, Carolina was 33-10. to 10. Jets was 24-17. to 17. Baltimore, 22-10. to 10. Houston, 17-9. So that six-point margin doesn't give me a, a lot of trepidation because, you know, the recent 
success that Miami's had. Tua kind of has found mm-hmm. his rhythm. You know, isn't it so amazing that going into the Baltimore game, they said Tua wasn't healthy enough to play. And then Jacoby Brissett gets injured and Tua has to come in. And, you know, now he's starting to look like the guy that they drafted in the first round. So he's playing with confidence. I like Miami minus the six. Let's put that in the uh, circus survivor. And we're in, the best part about that. We're just getting really out of lay four, Sean. Oh, we're we gonna, get it at four. Yeah, that's, that, that's my point. In the yeah, millions. Yeah, we get four. I like it only, at six, too. It yeah. doesn't matter. So that makes it easy for us. I, yeah. My point is in the mil, you have to consider this regardless of what in. you like because right. that's a stale line. Yep. A lot of people are going to play in Miami at the four, and it, it is. Look, it's going to close probably at least six and a half, if not seven, going to be a very popular, I would think, survivor and teaser candidate this week. So Miami minus the four. Lock mm-hmm. it in. That was easy. Absolutely. Where are you going, number one? Uh, I have a feeling where you're going. Let me see here. I want to look at something right quick. The good thing about okay. this is we have enough time. That is a good thing about it. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Chiefs wins, Ooh. and I'm trying to see what justifies them getting, you know, this kind of number against a Broncos team that's playing better, that's getting healthy, that's creating turnovers on defense, that doesn't turn the ball over on offense. I like the Broncos. Plus, what is it, nine and a half? We're getting nine and a half. Hey, I like yeah. the Broncos plus a nine and a half. You know, I, I make the analogy that this this ain't mama's cooking. <laughs> you know, I come from a family that cooks. Like, my mother, my grandmother, like, they get in the kitchen and throw down. So, like, I go to a restaurant, and they're like, yeah, that's cool, but that ain't mama's cooking. This is not the Kansas City Chiefs from 2018. They've righted the ship and went from being a team that probably wasn't going to make the playoffs to a team that – in my opinion, gets in and, and loses their first playoff game, but they aren't the explosive, blow teams out Chiefs that we saw two years ago. And so the lines had kind of reflected that. They start playing a lot of games where it was three or less or four or less points. Then all of a sudden, they've won four in a row, and now the line jumps way back up. I just don't think the Chiefs, as they stand in 21, are capable of covering these big numbers. I like the Broncos plus a nine and a half. I'm not going to provide much pushback on that. And I'll tell you why on, on the Chiefs' side. Something I really look at when I'm handicapping, Sean, is how how efficient or lack thereof teams are, especially on early downs. You know from playing how important it is as an offense to stay out of third and longs, be able to move the chains if you're able to avoid third downs altogether. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the early down success rate metric, while Kansas City as a whole, they have still been a, a top six offense in the overall advanced metrics, of the, the DVOA for the season – they still have really struggled, especially in the last few weeks. Even if you factor in that game against the Raiders where they basically moved the ball at will, last five weeks, Sean, they are 19th on passing passing success rate on first and second downs. Facing a Denver team, what's the one strength of Denver? It's been defending the pass, mm-hmm. especially on first and second downs. Denver sixth so far in the league on the season and early down success rate defending the pass. Now, recently where you can get on Denver – especially against their defense, is running the ball on early downs. They were the second-worst team in that metric over the past five games. Not something Kansas City has really committed to, even though they've had some success there at times. And so when you combine that factor along with the, the idea that it is 22 turnovers this season for Kansas City, I always wonder how, like, it's at a certain point on the turnovers. I mean, you can make the case. So many of these turnovers have been kind of fluky, weird bounces. But, I mean, every team can make the case that they have – Turnovers where a guy slips or runs the wrong route where it's an unforced error. I mean, I would think when from when you were playing at a certain point, you stop making excuses on, on the turnovers. You kind of are what you are as a team, and this is a team that has been historically bad turning the ball over. No, By the way, no team has ever made the playoffs 
in NFL history that has averaged more than two turnovers a game. Philadelphia in 2014 went 10-6 but did not make the playoffs. So for me, Kansas City, well, I think they're, they, you know, they're going to find ways to get, win some games down the stretch. They probably get in the playoffs. I'm with you, though. Nine and a half, it's a lot for a team that has been so sloppy. I'm not convinced by one game on Sunday night against what would look to be a reeling Raiders team. I'll, t- I'll, I'll go with you. Absolutely. Grab the and, and to even hammer your turnover point home more, there are two kinds of turnovers. Sometimes the defense just makes a tremendous play. You throw the ball to the right guy, he's open, you make an accurate ball, and, I mean, they get paid on the other side of the ball, too. Guy jumps and makes a phenomenal interception. Then they're self-inflicted, throwing in a double coverage for no reason. You fumble the ball because it's not tucked. And to your point, a lot of the Chiefs' turnovers are self-inflicted. They kind of are very careless when it comes to protecting the football. And against a team like the Broncos that is getting to the quarterback, that's picking balls off, that are forcing fumbles, I like the, I like the Broncos to cover this number. Okay, let's fit in one more before we run up against a break. Okay, I'm gonna. Th- we talked about this a little bit with Jared Smith. I am gonna throw at you Chargers plus three. I love it. I like Chargers money line. So you and you, I know you like the Chargers money line. Yeah, I mentioned earlier. I I I am really concerned about a young Bengals team who has struggled with consistency, especially coming off big wins. Mm-hmm. We've seen them have two big wins in the AFC North. They've come out flat the next week. You come at home, this is a huge game for that city. So much built up. I'm a little concerned about offensive line injuries. Riley Reef, they're probably their best offensive lineman at right tackle. He's not practiced all week. He is a firm questionable. The one thing the Chargers can do is rush the passer when dropping back to pass. Bengals mm-hmm. have struggled offensively with pass blocking this this season. And so Reef, who's not practiced all, all week, even if he goes, I'm a little concerned about that pass rush of the Chargers if I was back in the Bengals. Sure, they should be able to run on them with Joe Mixon at, at the running back spot, but this is a game to me where you, you're buying low on a Charger team that looked horrible last week. Justin Herbert has been up and down. I expect this to be an up game for him uh, against a Bengal line that I don't think will get a lot of pressure on what's been a stout pass-blocking unit. I agree with you 100%. And I'm actually going to – I love the plus three, but I'm going to take him on the money line in my own wages. I like how when you are – when you got conviction, you're like, oh, yeah. screw it. Give me the money. So my rule is a, a dog, just seven points or less, I take him on the money line. I'm the CEO of the dog pile. <laughs> CEO of the dog pile. You heard it from Sean King himself. We need two more plays, though, in our Circa Millions play for our cards for this week. We're going to give those to you next as we run through the Week 13 slate right here on the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. On this week's episode of the Ron Flander Racing Pod, it features Mattress Mac discussing his $13,000 worth of bets in last weekend's Kentucky Derby Future Wager. Anthony Stabile of the New York Racing Association previews Saturday's Cigar Mile card at Aqueduct. Paul Zilm talks about Circus Sports New Derby Futures and he handicaps weekend races. You can subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it at vcin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. We're back for the final time on the nightcap. Back to Sean King, your big, uh, big horse racing guy. Yeah, you excited man. for that? I am. I know, Derby season's going to be here before we know I think we got the uh, Cigar Mile, I think, at Aqueduct this weekend. You got, I mean, I know you've got an affinity for the cigars, so you've yeah. got to be a fan of the Cigar Mile. Yeah, man, it's actually a, a race that generally produces a lot of horses that go on to be great studs. So, you know, for people in horse racing, you know, that's really where you make your money. Be, be watching out uh, for that. Uh, our final segment of the show, we got the Greg... Uh, we have Greg Peterson. It's not his experience. He is on the, uh, on, on, we got the, the look ahead, but it is the Greg Peterson experience this weekend. He is the GPE. I, I, I have to give him a I went against Greg in a, you know, the Mitchies, which you were, you were complaining about not having a heads up on earlier. Yeah. So, so I was Jeff Parles and myself who do bet center on the weekends. We were, we were bracketed in the same group as the Greg Peterson experience. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, I'm not even campaigning. Oh, don't worry. We're dead. Don't worry. Greg is the, Greg is the man on social media. We are sweeping. The Mitchies next year. You are, you're gonna, I saved the you're date. you it right now? Oh, yeah. Well, I get my Twitter army behind December me. Like, 2nd, I got to give them some heads up. Yeah, I got to give them some heads up. I mean, we the one by landslide, but I woke up in the, uh, like 10 seconds left before we were People eliminated. have to remember, like, you're, you're on the nightcap. You're on here till yeah, 1 a.m. every day. So, you know, we sleep a little later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Greg never sleeps, so that's that's the that yeah, benefit he's got. That's yeah. Greg is the man. I, I got some for Greg. Yeah. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> Greg Peterson experience coming up. Uh, here in a few minutes. Before that, though, we've got to get two more picks. We do. So you've, you're writing them down. So we're already, we've got a couple dogs. Yep. We're on Broncos plus nine and a half against the Chiefs. Again, this is uh, Sean and I's, our, 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 our collaborative effort to make a Circa Millions card this week. Broncos plus nine and a half on Sunday night against the Chiefs. Bengals, uh, I should say, uh, Chargers plus three against the Bengals. And we've got Miami minus four, which I'm sure is going to be one of the 
consensus, if not the top consensus pick of this week. So it is your turn, Sean. I actually like the Raiders. You like the Raiders? Yes, and this is a... Uh... You're not worried about Darren Waller being out here, probably the nah. biggest key to the offense. Nah. No? Okay. Now, football is about more than just one player. And you're also having to lay two and a half. It's down to I know. one. Okay. <laughs> I know. Raiders are starting to run the ball slightly better. Um, Derek Carr is exceptional. We still have Hunter Renfro and B. Edwards. And Kenyon Drake's caught a bunch of balls. This year, Zay Jones is a guy that's starting to emerge and you know, be a bigger part. But a lot of this is a fade against Washington. You know, Washington's kind of gotten some momentum, you know, but Carolina was awful against them. You know, they caught Seattle and Russell Wilson's hurt. You know, I just think traveling cross-country, team that really hadn't had a lot of success, how do they handle success? After three wins, a lot of times a young team like that, they're not on top of the details. They start thinking that you can just show up. And the Raiders, on the other hand, are fighting for their playoff life as I pull up the standings. Oh, they are. and they're, Yeah, they are 6-5, and five, but only a yep. game back. So there is locked in. There we go, our yeah, wild card picture. And, and detail-oriented as you can be. I mean, they're fighting for their job. So Rich Basaccia, Greg Olson, you know, they're locked in. Like, they know it have any chance to remain as the head coach of the Raiders, the offensive coordinator of the Raiders. They got to make the playoffs. So you know, I'm riding with the side that I think is taking this game a little more seriously and uh, I and this is just based on my personal experience as a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been on a championship team in Tampa. You know that is stressful every week. I mean, from the time that I was drafted by the Bucks, we were picked to win the Super Bowl. Like there's never a letdown. But I've also been on some younger teams: Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions. And when you have success on those younger teams, the attention to detail is not the same. A lot of the young guys, no matter what the coach says, you know, just kind of. Ah, you know, it worked for us last week. We'll make it work. So this is my play of the week. This is actually Big King's best bet. The Big King best bet. I, yes. There's no it's way Raiders. I can. There's no way I can veto a Big King. I mean, best you can. Bet. I don't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to write it down anyway. Look, but you can give an argument why you don't like it. To me, when you already have Henry Ruggs out, mm-hmm. the Waller piece is is a big, big loss to me. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the. We have not seen many games like this where, and I'm surprised the NFL even allowed this to be scheduled this way, where you have a team coming off a Monday night game right. facing a team who just played a Thursday game. So the not only is it the the extra three days rest here for, for the Raiders, but it's actually an extra four when you think about uh, that Washington is coming on a short week. And I'll say this, over the last five weeks, there's been no better team than the Raiders mm-hmm. on first and second downs passing the football. And you're facing a, a Washington team who has really, uh, really struggled defending the pass so especially recently, the bottom five pass defense team on the season, 31st in defensive DVOA. It's, it's not a game that will be put on my card simply because, A, you're getting a pretty bad number where you're laying the two and a half in the contest. You're going to be, if you like the Raiders, you can bet one, basically get them probably as a pick them uh, by Sunday. However, this is this, this is the spot where with Washington coming off the bye, having just won three straight, I'm, I'm kind of with you that this would more be a fade of Washington. So, look – I'm just I'm, I'm, Deshaun, I'm the guest host. So so in Waller's this, absence, and this yes. is why you add pieces. This is why you add Deshaun Jackson, four catches, 102 yards, one touchdown. That's, Zay, that's Zay the, Jones. That's the exact line you're going with. Yep, phenomenal talent. See, here's the deal about the NFL is it's professional football. So it's like, and I said this coming into the season. Certain positions, you just gotta trust that they have guys that you don't know about that are really good. 
take Cleveland. I coached mm-hmm. Dearness Johnson at University of South Florida. Nick Chubb gets hurt. Kareem Hunt gets hurt. Dearness Johnson comes in against, I think it was Denver, on a Thursday night game and goes bonkers. And no one had ever heard of Dearness Johnson. But I'm just telling you, that's the caliber of guys generally at receiver and running back on a lot of teams because those are positions where there's a lot of really, really talented guys in this country that can play those positions. So, you know, I think Darren Waller's always a loss because of the amount of attention that he commands from a defense. But I just think no Chase Young, that pass rush, isn't what it could be. Mm-hmm. Derek's going to have an opportunity to really, you know, kind of maneuver the ball around. I expect Kenyon Drake to have a big game catching the ball out of the backfield. So We're putting it in. Yeah, we're, we're putting it in. Raiders minus two. I was going to keep talking until you said that. We don't care. Yeah, we don't I'm going to wear you down. Bad number. I, I don't. It's don't not you? a bad number. I mean, technically. It's, it's So, to me, a bad number is. Well, if he was like three and a half and now it was like right. a pick him. I get it. I think the Raiders are going to win by double digits. And the game theory element here, if, if you're playing in a contest, this might be, uh, I would say, the Giants plus four will be the least selected game of all these. I would probably say number two would be Washington, just based on that news, minus two and a half, would be very fewly selected. So if you're trying to make up ground, I don't think it's a bad play to take a stab on. And I think the scenario that you're talking about works if we're doing 100 bets. Yeah. If, you, if, if you're going to play the, the survivor 100 times and you're going to take bad numbers, you're always going to end up losing. But there are particular spots where I just feel really confident and – yeah, it's not the best, but for this particular situation, I mean, look, I've I have had have twice gone against Arizona in the contest with a seven and a half point line move in my favor and lost both times with San Francisco and, and Seattle Green. at home. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. having said all that, I'm going to throw out at you Chicago plus eight at home. The one thing Arizona and Arizona coming off a of bye, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins both game time decisions. We have not seen Kyler now, and it's basically been a month. I'm still a little bit weary of how he is, even if he does play. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, I have a weird spidey sense here, Sean, that they might just keep holding Kyler out till he, he is like 100% healthy. I'm not sure that he plays in this game. And even if he does, Arizona has really struggled as of late with rush defense. Even though J.J. Watt was certainly just a complimentary piece of that defense, they've struggled to defend the run since he has been out. They're basically a mid-tier team defensively against the run and a bottom five team, an early down success rate, particularly in the last month or so. The one thing the Bears are going to turn to with Andy Dalton starting at quarterback, I kind of tr- I trust Dalton more than I do Fields at this point. I'm sorry. I, I just do. So let me play GM of the Cardinals for a second. Um, we lose a tight game at Green Bay. We get Hopkins and Murray banged up. We look at our schedule. San Francisco, who at the time was not playing great. Correct. Carolina, we didn't. We think we can beat Carolina, even though they didn't. And then at Seattle, who didn't playing great. Then we get a bye. So I go to you as the head coach, man, and say, hey, you know, we don't need Kyler and DeAndre for these Four weeks. I think it's smart. Yeah, and so we want to make sure they're completely healthy. They're completely healthy. I, I, I'm. Not, I'll let you take this only because of the weather. It's supposed to be 19 mile per hour winds in Chicago ugly, for this game. game. Yeah, so it could be an ugly game that Arizona wins by seven. I'll take it. All I'll right. let you put it in. And you're and we're at the end of the show, so you kind of yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure today, man. I've enjoyed it's, it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for welcoming me into the Nightcap yeah. family as well as our producer, Aaron Oster. I really appreciate it. We're excited to have, we'll have Tim back uh, next week. But, uh, yeah. The I'm, ginger genius. Ginger genius back. We'll see how we do on the, on the pick. So Miami minus four. Taking Broncos plus nine and a half. 
We got the Chargers plus three against the Bengals. We're going Raiders minus two and a half against Washington. And the one I talked Sean into, Bears, Bears plus eight against the Cardinals. All right. Sean saying so long. I'm Ben Wilson saying good night on the nightcap. Greg Peterson experience coming your way next here on v the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.